The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. Okay, guess what? Elias Pettersson has six points in his first two games. And guess what else? He might be better than Connor McDavid this season. Hear why Pettersson's better than Connor McWiner. Coming up next on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and your co-host here at Locked On Canucks. Before we dive into the episode, we got to say we appreciate the heck out of you for tuning into Locked On Canucks. If you like what we're doing, make sure you go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, a special shout out to the new subscribers as well. Uh, we've been climbing there. We're almost at 1,000. So we appreciate all of you, whether you're a subscriber whether you're a listener on audio, YouTube, wherever you're uh, listening from. Dude, show some you. love to the OGs, man. Would we be here without Calum? Callum? Is that how you say it? Would, would Callum. We, I don't know. Without Viper's Whip? Viper, Viper's Whip, yeah. I was Harpoon. Gonna say, uh, yeah, I was going to say Harpoon's name, but that guy, he's a <laughs> yo. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into this uh, episode where we pump the crap out of Elias Pettersson, I got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, on this episode, we got to talk about Elias Pettersson. You know, oh. there was a couple, I think it was his sophomore season where he had five points in his first two games. And we're talking about this guy being the best thing since sliced bread. Well, guess what? It's a couple years past that, and this guy still might be the best thing since sliced bread. He might even be better than Connor McDavid this season. Yeah, you heard it here Whoa. first. Maybe we're crazy. Maybe it's overreaction. Maybe you're crazy. Maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible. Also getting going to get into some numbers with Elias Patterson and maybe some other numbers from Saturday night's win over the Edmonton Oilers. Potentially one cause for concern as well. But speaking of causes for concern, I got no causes for concern with this guy, Kyle Bowen. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I missed you. I missed you, bro. I know. Because a lot of... I, I, I'm back, man. I'm back. I'm back. And the Canucks are back, Whoa. baby. That's why I'm freaking stoked, man. Let's go. Yo, what happened Let's to, go. What happened to you in Ottawa, man? Look how happy you are, man. Look how happy you are, man. Unbelievable, man. The optimism. Two games in a row against the Edmonton Oilers. You spent a lot of time with your family. A lot of love in the air. Begsy, is it is it possible that you are back to being happy about being a Canucks fan? Because because I'm feeling the energy right now, man. I'm not gonna give you a, a yes or no answer. I'm just gonna say it's only 80 more games until playoff <laughs> hockey starts for the Vancouver oh. Canucks, baby. <laughs> Playoffs, baby, dude. Okay, I can't wait. I can't wait to just eat hot dogs and shove a bunch of hot dogs down my mouth. Why are you laughing? Relax. Dude. <laughs> Anyways, Kyle Bowen, okay? Kyle Bowen, uh, we'll get to Comic Corner at the end of the show. And we'll also talk about the future of Locked On Canucks in 10 minutes because we got to change a couple things based on it being back. And that's meaningful hockey, regular season games. And uh, I just realized that this week is going to be a very, very fun week in my life because I'm addicted, again, to that thing that gives me a hit of dopamine again. You know what I'm saying? That serotonin level. Is that how you say it? It's skyrocketing. I'm excited to escape multiple times this week, watch the Canucks play some road games, and I'm even more excited 
uh, and being stuck in the past a bit so we can still talk about those games against the Oilers. And this may piss off the listeners, right, because it's Monday, but, hey, Begsy and, uh, and I haven't done this yet. So let's talk about it, okay? Pedersen, incredible weekend. Incredible weekend. I'm sure you got the stats. Six points. Uh, what's the Corsi? What's the on-ice on attacking percentage when, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are the fancy stats? How good did he do this weekend? Yeah, I mean, uh, Pedersen was all over the place. And, you know, there was just so many things to me that stood out, right? I mean, he was throwing the body around. Ooh. He's uh, looking better in the face-off circle. Um, and then he's make, he's driving multiple lines. So I think, you know, one of the things that stood out to me Ooh. is you look at that game against the Edmonton Oilers and at even strength, obviously, the Canucks got shellacked. Uh, they were outshot badly in that game. Managed to find a way to win, which, you know, I don't think that's going to happen very often where you get outshot that badly, you take seven penalties against the most dangerous power play in NHL history, history arguably, and they still eked out the win. Now, mm. Pedersen, he was on the ice for three goals, four, and zero against. Those three goals were scored each time with three different wingers on the ice. He scored a goal with uh, Kuzmenko and Garland, his regular line mates. Scored a goal with uh, Stanika, with Hoaglander, with Besser, and I had one other one in front of me, Lafferty as well. So, I, I mean, three different goals, three different lines. I mean, it doesn't obviously doesn't matter where Pedersen plays, but the fact that he can drive so many different lines. And I kind of wondered about this, Kyle. You know, the Canucks played shorthanded, obviously, right? They were they were missing some bodies. Stanika came back in game two. But it's like, do the Canucks only need 11 forwards in the lineup? So maybe they can just play Pedersen on the fourth line all the time. Play this guy 30 minutes a night. That's unreal. That's unreal. Like, uh, m- m- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I thought Pedersen might have been on the ice for the McDavid goal when Juleson tried giving him a stretch pass. I don't know. I, again, it was a blur. That I guess maybe you can't even blame Pedersen for that because that was just a horrible pass. Anyways, uh, Pedersen doing it all because he can do it all. He's just that guy, man. And not only does he have uh, like the skills and the attributes to again do it all, play play with anyone, play on both ends at a high level, blah blah blah, but he also has like this desire this intensity that he brings to every game where that never turns off. Uh, how many games played has Elias Patterson played? I don't know. A lot of games. And we've watched pretty much all of them. I know you can say that. And I, I know you can't tell me more than maybe five games where this guy wasn't trying hard. And I know there was that stretch early on a couple of years ago where he was struggling to put up points. But, again, his it's in him. It's in his nature to give it his all. When he's on and he's giving it his all, yo, he's one of the most dangerous players in hockey because he can dictate it on both ends of the rink, and also dictate it with Lafferty and Hoaglander. And when they have to shorten up the bench and just use that guy more, I'm, I'm going to use one of those metrics, right? Like puck possession probably goes way up for the good guys. And again, he's just able to dictate the game uh, because of his intelligence and his intensity, and we're so lucky to have him. And it was... It, it, I'm glad like these stats came out and we were able to see it from this angle because after game one where we saw Miller play a lot against that uh, McDavid line, I was, I was like, yo, I thought this guy was the selkie guy, you know? I thought this guy, I thought we're, you know, this guy's like a top five player in the league. Isn't he the guy that's supposed to go up up against the best players in the league? And then you fast forward to Saturday and the way he just again is able to do his thing two way throughout the whole game just again added to the selkie argument uh, in a good way. And I'm feeling good. I'm just feeling good about being a Patterson fan for real. Yeah. And you know what? You got the happy music playing. And, and let's let's give our thoughts on this question before we get to the other side. Can Pedersen be better than Connor McDavid? I'm not oh saying all time. Just just for one year. Can it happen? And, and I'll put it this way. Is Connor McDavid really going to win the heart for every year of his NHL career? I mean, it's possible. But maybe there's going to be some heart trophy fatigue. And maybe, just maybe, a guy 
guy like Pedersen does perform better than he does last season, has 115, 120 points, is in the Selkie conversation, leads the Canucks to the playoffs. I look at this Edmonton team, and honestly, I think the Oilers might be a bit fraudulent. I think Whoa. their defense is, is a little bit weak, to be honest. They've changed up their structure since last season. I think, you know, aside from McDavid and Dreisaitl, I know that Nugent Hopkins has been better. They got Hyman. They got Kane. I thought Evander Kane was a ghost uh, over these last two games. I, and the goaltending situation is a bit of a mess. I don't trust Campbell or Skinner. I think the Oilers might be a bit fraudulent. You're a I know. Hater, dude. I, I, I have believed for a long time that they're going to find a way just to win a cup because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. But that being said, if everything goes south in Edmonton this year and things start going north in Vancouver, perhaps maybe Pedersen's getting uh, maybe a few more heart, heart votes than Connor McDavid. Call me crazy. I'm just putting that juju on the atmosphere because I really like what we've seen. Yo, you're Elias a hater, Pedersen. dude. We're not only, the, not only the best player on the Canucks, but one of the best players in the NHL, man. Let's go. Okay, but Trevor, don't you, like, again, you're, you're talking all that smack against the Oilers, and I know this is locked on Canucks, but, yo, they kicked our ass on Saturday, bro. Like, if we didn't get lucky and we weren't blocking 25 shots, and, you know, that's that's a different way to look at effort, right? They were doing whatever it takes to, you know, get in the way, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, they just got their ass kicked on Saturday. Casey DeSmith was uh, pretty unreal. And uh, here you are just saying that they're fraudulent. You know what? I like it, though, because this is the home of the West Coast bias, right? It's locked on Canucks, and we defeated the Oilers twice. Trevor, I, I asked you this earlier, but I'm going to ask you it again in a different way. How does it feel? And does it feel any different knowing that the Canucks are 2-0? Like, how does this good start feel? Is, is your perspective on the season and the the finality of it any different? Again, you spent a week with your family, a lot of love in the air. The meatloaf was good. You know what I'm saying? How you feeling about the Canucks? Well, as always, I'm always eating meatloaf in your mind, eh? Uh, <laughs> with the Vancouver Canucks, honestly, I, I think we said this on the show. Shout out to the everydayers. They know this. But I did not have good vibes going to the first game against the Oilers on Wednesday night. They play with the shorthanded lineup. They got like the Garland trade request. They got the Pedersen contract situation. Thanks, Elliot Friedman. Um, got all this bad juju around the team, and Oof. it's just like McIve's injury status. Oof. You know, Bluger, Susie, all this stuff. It's just like it just feels like another one of these years, you know. And for them to come out and not only win on Wednesday but dominate the way they did, and then just to find a way when they did get outplayed on Saturday night. Um, it really had me feeling differently about this team, and let's let's see if they can keep it up. Playoffs, playoffs, uh, though? I think, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Right, say it. I'll, tell, it. I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you on the other side. Ooh. I'll t- I'll answer your playoff question. Give you a couple more numbers about the Vancouver Canucks. I like what the numbers. The numbers they don't lie, man. But first, I got a shout out sleeper. Okay, picture this, Canucks fans. Elias Pettersson scores a hat trick. The Canucks win the Stanley Cup. And if you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. These are all possible scenarios for this season, but to have a chance at winning big, you need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is my top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. With studs like Patterson, JT Miller, Brock Besser, Brock Besser, and Quinn Hughes. All you need to do is pick more or less on stats for these stars. Two stats like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more. You heard me, Canucks fans. 100 times payouts on Sleeper, so start paying attention and get your picks right so you could win big. Use promo code NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. 
Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. People, people, before we get back to the show, baby, I got to tell you that new episodes of Locked On Canucks will be available wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all, okay? New episodes every day at 4.20 p.m. Again, wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay, you're back on another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. Subscribe, hit the like button if you are enjoying the episode. And if you aren't, don't do it. Don't lie to yourself. It's going to stop you in this thing called life. And we don't want to stop you, okay? We just want to be with you during this season, somehow, some way, possibly. Because at the end of the day, uh, love us or hate us, it's pretty clear that we are all Locked on Canucks. I mean Canucks. Uh, Trevor Beggs, Kyle Bowen. And I got to say the name again. Trevor Beggs, man. I think he's back to being a Vancouver Canuck fan. I cannot believe... I cannot believe what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing. Again, Begsy and I, I texted him all weekend. You can tell him. You can tell him the truth. I'm an annoying guy. I texted Trevor the whole weekend asking, you know, to talk with him. Because I was like, yo, I want to know where he was at with the Canucks, blah, blah, blah. He didn't reply to any of my text messages. And here I am seeing him on Monday. And I'm liking the energy, bro. I'm liking the energy because you're a better person when you're smiling. And I think, again, it's only because you spent time and a lot of time with your family. So you're being a role model for a lot of people here on the West Coast, the best coast of Canada. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good week away. I mean, I I, I did slice open two of my fingers and had to go to small town hospital. But uh, you know, aside from that, man, life is good, man. Like I said, lots of family time. I'm not gonna lie, my my Canucks they uh, they got me pretty hyped uh, yeah. with their two victories as well. Kyle, you asked before the break if I thought the Canucks were gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, every dayers know this, but I said the Canucks were gonna make the playoffs before the season started. You think I'm backing down now that they're two and zero that they beat the Edmonton Oilers twice? No chance, man. There's no chance. Of course, they're making the playoffs. I still think this is a wild card team, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's 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 continue on this path, man. Make the playoffs. Eighty games to go until playoff hockey starts for your Vancouver Canucks. Eighty games left, and eighty games to just you know have some fun and follow the journey, and hopefully more fun games, aka more meaningful games, are played this year. I'm talking about again, eighty more meaningful games. The, the expectations, they don't have to be sky high, but as far as, like, effort goes and as far as, you know, making sure things don't happen like they did on Saturday often this season is acceptable. You know, that's got to be the new standard. And for me, I know you're going to go through the numbers and whatnot. I'm not sure if these are the numbers that you're going to go through, but it was kind of uh, it was kind of alarming to me how many times I heard people talk about the Canucks having, like, a good game on Saturday. And for me, it was like, okay, I get it. I get it. It's hard to squeak out those wins, too, and we weren't getting much of those wins last year, but I feel as if Saturday looked like a lot of Canuck games from the past. You get what I'm saying? And I don't know if yeah. that should be celebrated so much. I mean, it looks like a lot of Canucks games from the past, except for the fact that we won. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they've eked out some victories where they've been outshot. I can think of one game, I think, when Markstrom was still here, where we got outshot like 48 to 12 and somehow won two to one. You know, like those games do happen, but for the most part, it's been this Canuck team being dominated in terms of possession and losing the game. So the fact that they won and there was some positive takeaways, right? I think JT Miller had another mm-hmm. pretty good game, especially on a penalty kill, throwing that big hit on dry settle, really like what he brought. Casey DeSmith made a number of really good saves in that game. So the fact that the Canucks got a backup they can trust. Uh, Hughes and Hironic still out there doing their thing. And obviously Pedersen, we touched on quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But Pedersen really was the guy of note in that game uh, against the Oilers for me. And I'll throw the one other stat your way that was on my mind. So at even strength, 
um, when Pedersen was on the ice for the Canucks. Uh, they outchanced the opposition six to one. So Whoa. six chances for one scoring chance against for the Canucks Dude. Uh, when Pedersen was on the ice in a game where the Canucks again got destroyed at even strength. Okay. Dude, that is With a, the that chances is a... overall. The Canucks. Oh, sorry. Continue. Trevor. I, I cut you off. Continue. Yeah. No worries. I was, I was going to say, look at it this way. The Canucks were outchanced badly this game. So with Pedersen on the ice, uh, they outchanced the Oilers six to one with Pedersen, not on the ice. They were outchanced twenty nine to six, <laughs> just to put it into perspective. Whoa. So, Elias Pedersen doing the most. He was the only Canuck over fifty percent at eighty seven and a half percent in terms of uh, scoring chances for and against at even strength. So, wow. uh, just a remarkable performance for Pedersen. <laughs> but like you said, it, w- it certainly wasn't uh, the best game from your Canucks. What what what, uh, what concerned you most about that about that effort? Well, I think that it happened. You know, from the first shift of the game, the Canucks were being at worked. I get, but here's the thing. I got, I have to always remind myself, like, this is the Vancouver Canucks going up against the Edmonton Oilers. I know you took some shots at them, but they're a bit more ex- experienced and they're just a better team. So more often than not, you're going to get outworked by better players, you know? And it was their home opener and whatnot. But it was just alarming again how, how slower we looked throughout the whole game and how often we were just pinned in our own zone. And it, it, it again just it just reminded me so much of the last couple of years and i hope that internally that was taken note and they can show up tomorrow in philadelphia not just like play a neutral game against them but outwork them outpace them i know it's hard to do again you're talking about early in the season a lot of home openers a lot of first games of the season in your barn you know we're going into philadelphia there's going to be a little bit of mojo added into that dressing room but can they show up tomorrow and make sure that that doesn't happen for long spurts? Because it, it happened for like 50 minutes, bro. I, I think at the 30-minute mark, the Canucks were being, had like 11 shots on net, 12 shots on net. I don't know if I – bro, I think at the end of the game, and it just go, connects back to that Pedersen stat that you just said, which is crazy. I heard that the Oilers directed over 80 shots towards the Canucks net, and the Canucks only directed 30. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And that was the truth. Like – you don't you don't have to be a fancy stat dude to see that the, again the Canucks got dominated on Saturday. Yeah, uh, they certainly did, and again for me it was just about finding ways to eke out the victory. And, mm-hmm. and maybe one other question I'll ask you is, you know, you look at the score sheet at the end of the game, and it's you know Lafferty and Stadnika and Huglander, you know, the guys like that getting on the score sheet um, was. Was that more of a factor of the Canucks having this awesome secondary scoring now, or was it you know guys like Pedersen helping guys like those put up some points? Like, how, how did you look at that? I think it has a lot to do with that, the Pedersen part, spreading him out throughout the lineup, <laughs> and he just he's a dynamic player. Like, he's not as fast as McDavid, obviously, and not even like as skilled as him, obviously, but he's still so good. He's still so good. He's that guy, and he's more intelligent than anyone else on the ice. So he just makes everyone better. And at the same time, it ha- does have a lot to do with the fact that these Oilers goalies just sucked. They sucked. They weren't doing anything. They didn't make one save for this team when they needed it. Well, for the other team, and the Canucks were able to capitalize. Uh, on that note, though, i got to give some credit to a guy like Lafferty because he did it twice. I know in a meaningless game, in game one, when the score was done, yeah. he pulled off some incredible stuff, but actually he drew a penalty early on. But in game two, he did it again. He drove to the net with speed. He beat a guy one-on-one and was able to pile drive his way into the net and score a goal. It was just... Like, that's effort. That's, I'm, I'm, it's only been two games. I called that out in game one. 
he reminds me again of the way he skates, like Bo Horvat. He's hmm. a powerful yeah, skater. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because like he takes it and he's got the size too, yeah. right? He's got the size too, which kind of helps that. Um, I, I think uh, you and I maybe got to clear the air a bit on Lafferty because you know we were not the biggest fans of the move itself. And, and uh, so I should say it this way: I, I wasn't a big fan of the Canucks continuously trading away draft picks uh, for a team in their cycle. I still don't love it. But that being said, you know, Lafferty, he's looked really good through two games. And I think we said in a nutshell, we didn't mind the trade. Um, but overall, it's just that strategy of giving away multiple mid-round picks and doing it again and again uh, for a team like the Canucks who's lacking prospects and hasn't, you know, done much in the way of, you know, making Dude, noise in the playoffs. We're but, scarred, you know, man. Lafferty, Lafferty's making us get our words a bit here. Yeah, we're scarred, man, because like pro scouting – over the last 10 years, it's a different regime now, but it's just been so horrible too. So like player acquisition never really worked out our way. And uh, Lafferty, do I expect him to play at this pace the whole season? I don't think so, because why would the Maple Leafs get rid of a guy like that? Just too early to see, but maybe he has a lot to play for and he can do it. And the Canucks needed a guy like him because Teddy Bluger's out for longer than we thought. And this season matters way too much. The start matters way too much. They got to imp- Look how much time... We- I didn't even know we were going to talk about Patterson for this long today. But it's pretty clear that they got to give this guy an eight-year... $100 million contract. Dude, it's the truth. It's the truth. He's top five. He's top seven. But McDavid's worst enemy. Talked about it last week. Like, if if the Canucks are going to do anything in the next eight years when it comes to being legit, getting a cup, bringing it to the city of Vancouver, don't you got to believe that, again, Pedersen and McDavid have to be going at it, whether it be actually on the ice or just metaphorically when it comes to storylines and Play drivers, like, it's just the truth. McDavid and Pedersen have to compete. Pedersen has to go one-on-one with McDavid and win at least 50% of the time somehow, some way against one of the best players ever. It's just, I know it sounds as if I'm fishing for miracles, but it's reality. Like, we're we're cheering for the Canucks, and he's on the other guys on the Oilers. Like, we're going to face these guys a lot if we want to triumph. You get what I'm saying? So we saw him do the most this weekend. And analytically, I guess, you know, the, based on what you're telling me, he did the most too. He passed both tests. And it's pretty obvious that this dude is getting better. And he's like 97 overall. He's too good. He's too yeah, good. Yeah, 100%. And I think you talked a bit more about the rivalry on, on, on another episode of Locked Out Canucks. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's this one, but yo, go back to the feed. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. Because guess what? The Edmonton and Vancouver rivalry has been lopsided for a long time. So here's hoping. I'm praying a little bit that uh, this rivalry picks up, okay? And that these two teams, you know, both are competitive. Both are making some noise, and that will hopefully get a good playoff series between Edmonton and Vancouver at some point down the line. Uh, Kyle, anything else you want to touch on before we get to Common Corner here? No, no, let's save it for Common Corner because uh, I know you got a meeting at one, and uh, I got to I, I want to ask you questions, okay? Stick around because I got some hockey questions for Trevor Beggs, and we're going to go through uh, one comment that really got me thinking about the people here on Locked on Canucks. Again, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, your Canucks every day. See you on the other side. All right, before we get to comment corner, I got to shout out eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, baby. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply, EV guarantee fit, only available to U.S. customers. Okay, okay. You're back on Locked On Canucks. You're Canucks every day. Kyle Bowne, Trevor Bags. Shout out to the Locked On Podcast Network. Just doing things, man. Every day, celebrating their teams, having conversations, speaking from the heart. It's a beautiful thing, man. Being a sports fan, when the games matter, and remember, people, the, the next 80 games do matter for your team, your Canucks. It's a beautiful thing, man. Shout out to Escapism, and shout out to, Be- shout out to Begsy for, you know, getting me back on this uh, addiction. And we do this every time before we get to the third segment. Got to ask the question, even though I've kind of been sprinkling it throughout the episode. But yeah, Begsy, how you doing, man? How you doing? How's life? Life is fantastic, man. My uh, my daughter turns three tomorrow. Whoa. So that, that's uh, it's a big moment, man. Big moment. She's less than two years away from kindergarten. And you know what? The Canucks got this roadie coming up, man. I just want to, I want them to keep the momentum going, man. So between uh, my daughter and the Canucks, let's uh, let's end October strong, baby. What matters more, your daughter or the Canucks? Uh, pass. Good job, buddy. I like it, man. I like it. Okay, you gotta think about the people, right? The fans first over here on Locked On Canucks. Speaking of which, uh, let's get to our favorite segment, Comment Corner. Welcome to Comment Corner, powered by paraphrasing. This comment comes from Callum. How the f*** do you have a Canucks show without a post-game show, idiots? Step it up or step down. Okay, okay. This is a, a, a question that we get a lot on the live chat, and now it's, uh, you know, reached the uh, comment section of our videos, a post-game show regarding games played by your Vancouver Canucks and the uh, impossibility of it. Okay, for real. is a full-time father. Full-time father. I'm talking candidate every year for father of the year this guy's not not trying his best you get what i'm saying there's no way we're gonna get a post game show done here and me i work out of the studio and there's another producer in the other room who's doing big things for the city so it's kind of hard to control something sustainable slash consistent slash guarantee a promise like that it is what it is that being said i thought of an idea trevor I thought of an idea. Okay, let me know what you uh, think of this because I think this is possible to do after every game regarding you and me. And that's not make a post-game show, but make a short game show. You get what I'm saying? Mm, you get what I'm saying there? Okay, a short game okay, show? All right. How about just on YouTube shorts after every game? A couple minutes of Begsy and Kyle in a special way for the people. I think we can promise that because it only takes 30 seconds to get your, uh, get your feelings off when they come from the heart. And you press that selfie video. And I've seen you do it over the last month for the people. And I think I can ask for you to send me 30 seconds to a minute of heart-to-heart conversation about the game you just watched about your Vancouver Canucks. Can you promise the people that? Uh, we're having the meeting on the episode. Uh, let me know what you think of that, Trevor. Like I said, uh, full-time dad, but uh, 30 minutes to 30, 30 minutes, 30 <laughs> seconds to one minute for the people. Uh, of course, man. Of Ooh. course, because you know, again, we're nothing without the listeners, the viewers here at Locked On Canucks, and I think this season, this season does matter for the Canucks, but I think it's actually going to matter based on what we've seen in the early going. So, you know, again, we uh, we appreciate you for making us part of your escapism, 
And yeah, let's let's rock and roll, baby. Post game show, the lockdown Canucks your team every day, your Canucks every day. I'm ready, man. Let's let's get this gravy train rolling. And stop calling it a damn post game show. It's a short game show. Only available on YouTube yeah, yeah. Shorts, okay? Right. The short game show after each game, uh, a couple minutes of Begsy and I doing our thing. And speaking from the heart, man, who knows what's going to happen in those shows, but I'm excited to get things started on the short game show. It'll all start tomorrow. Uh, speaking of tomorrow, the Canucks play at 4 o'clock, I believe. 4 o'clock, three. right? They three. Moved, I think they moved it up to 3. I think it's at 3 now because of the Philadelphia Phillies being in the NLC. Okay, there you go. I, that's my guess because it's so rare to see a game at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So just in case you are home, you want to watch, looks like the game tomorrow starts at 3 p.m. Yeah, so you know the deal. We've been doing it for like five or six or seven months. I'm so bad at counting. Failed math 10. Um, yeah, we, we upload episodes and get them out for the people at 4.20 p.m. every day for no reason at all. Uh, Bagsy and Bowen from Vancouver. But yeah, 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Obviously, that makes no sense when there's games being played at 4 o'clock. So we'll get those episodes out on those game days as soon as possible. Sometimes at 10 a.m., sometimes at 12, sometimes at 1, sometimes at 2 but expect those episodes on early game days to be released prior to 420. Uh, now, enough about us. I want to ask one more question to Trevor before he gets out of here regarding the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, Begsy, he's a super nice guy. Begsy hits me up in the morning, and he's super passionate to, to talk about the uh, the elevated play of JT Miller, and I shut him down because, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about PD, and I saw these fancy stats and blah, blah, blah. So I want to give Trevor, like, a couple of minutes and then sign us out after you've done your little spiel about what you saw from JT Miller and what excites you and is this sustainable? And that's this new level to JT Miller's game. Well, I mean, the fact that he went head-to-head against Connor McDavid and played extremely well, more so on Wednesday night, but really he had moments over both games, really said a lot to me about JT Miller. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he's 30 years old, the dreaded 3-0. Kyle, you and I are there, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, you start feeling it at 30. Dude, I this can't guy, last long in bed anymore already. I was killing it. No, I was killing it in, before May. I was telling you almost every week, like, yo, it's the squats and the confidence Confidence is working. And now it's like, I don't even know where I, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, pray for it's, me. Uh, yeah, you need, you need a little bit of JT Miller's confidence because this guy's playing with a ton of confidence right now. Again, he's got that massive seven-year, $56 million deal that kicked in. Just, you know, financially, this guy doesn't have to perform. He's already, he's made it. He's made it for him and his family. But you can tell this guy has the desire uh, to want to win, to want to be better. I think he's taken on that challenge of being a center personally. And I guarantee you, he's heard what others have said in this market about he, how he's better as a winger. Um, but again, you, you watch him play against McDavid over the past couple of games, you wouldn't think that uh, he was better as a winger because he looked pretty damn good as a center. I will say on Saturday, you know, fancy stat-wise, maybe he didn't have his best game against McDavid. That line had some issues. But again, he's going up against Connor McDavid. This guy, okay, Miller threw a big hit on Leon Dreisaitl. You know, he's making the puck move on the power play at five on three, helps the Canucks. He's the forward out there, helping the Canucks kill off that five on three, up a goal, helping them win the game. I mean, JT Miller, he looks ready to rock this season, much like Pedersen does. And if, you know, PD and Miller can, you know, be one of the best one-two punches at center in the game, and based on the early results, it looks like that's possible. Canucks are going to do some things this season. And it's not just Pedersen, okay? It's because of JT Miller as well. So join us for the ride, the Pedersen-Miller ride 
here at Locked On Canucks. We got to sign out. We got to get out of here. So shout out to the everydayers, the occasional listeners. This is your first time listening. Welcome to the program. And a special shout out as well to the new subscribers. Again, got some early games this week. So Kyle and I will try to pump up some episodes out earlier in the day. I'm up at 4 a.m., baby. I'm ready to rock. And we hope you're ready to rock with us too here on Locked On Canucks. But for now, I'm Trevor Beggs, that guy's Cal Bell, and you've been listening to Locked On Canucks. Let's go! Thank you.